Recruit for Andromeda by Stephen Marlowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 Three score men sit in the crowded, smoke-filled room. Some drink beer, some squat in moody silence, some talk in an animated fashion about nothing very urgent. At the one small door, two guards pace back and forth, slowly creating a gentle swaying of smoke patterns in the hazy room. The guards, in simple military uniform, carry small, deadly-looking weapons. Fight City Hall? Are you kidding? They took you, bud. Don't try to fight it, I know. I know. I'm telling you, there was a mistake in the records. I'm over 26. Two weeks and two days. I already wrote to my congressman. Hell, that's why I voted for him. He better go to bat for me. You think that's something? I wouldn't be here, only those doctors are crazy. I mean crazy. Me, with a cyst big as a golf ball on the base of my spine. You too. Don't try to fight it. I look forward to this as a stimulating adventure. Does the fact that they select men for the nowhere journey once every 780 days strike anyone as significant? I got my own problems. This is not a thalamic problem, young man. Not thalamic at all. Young man? Who are you kidding? It is a problem of the intellect. Why 780 days? I read the magazine too, Chief. You think we're all going to the planet Mars. How original. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what I think. Mars? <laughs> it's a long way from Mars to City Hall, Doc. You mean through space to Mars? Exactly, exactly. Quite a coincidence otherwise. You're telling me. Would you care to explain it? Why, sure. You see, Mars is... Uh, uh, I don't want to steal your thunder, Chief. Go ahead. Once every 780 days, Mars and Earth find themselves in the same orbital position with respect to the Sun. In other words, Mars and Earth are closest then. Were there such a thing as space travel, new, costly, not thoroughly tested, they would want to make each journey as brief as possible. Hence the 780 days. Not bad, Chief. You got most of it. No one ever said anything about space travel. You think we'd broadcast it or something, stupid? It's part of a big, important scientific experiment. Only we're the hamsters. Ridiculous. You're forgetting all about the Cold War. He thinks we're fighting a war with the Martians. <laughs> Orson Welles stuff, huh? With the Russians. The Russians. We developed A-bombs. They developed A-bombs. We came up with the H-bomb. So did they. We placed a station up in space, a fifth of the way to the moon. So did they. Then, nothing more about scientific developments. For over twenty years. I ask you, doesn't that seem peculiar? Peculiar, he says. Peculiar. I wish my congressman... You and your congressman. The way you talk, it was your vote that got him into office. If only I could get out and talk to him. No one is permitted to leave. Punishable by a prison term, the law says. Oh, yeah? Prison schmizen. Or else I'll go on the nowhere journey. <laughs> well, I don't see the difference. So go ahead. Try to escape. They got him all over. All over. I think our mail is censored. It is. They better watch out. I'm losing my temper. I get violent when I lose my temper. See? See how the guards are trembling? Very funny. Maybe you didn't have a good job or something. Maybe you don't care. I care. I had a job with a future. Didn't pay much, but a real blue chip future. So they send me to nowhere. You're not there yet. 
Yeah, but I'm going. <sighs> if only they let you know when. My back is killing me. I'm waiting to pull a sick act. Just waiting, that's all. Go ahead and wait. A lot of good it will do you. You mind your own business. I am, Doc. You brought the whole thing up. He's looking for trouble. He'll get it. We're going to be together a long time. A long time. Why don't you all relax? You mind your own business. Nuts, aren't they? They're nuts. A sick act yet. Look how it doesn't bother him. A failure he was. I can just see it. Why does he care if he goes away forever and doesn't come back? One breadline is as good as another. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean it. Forever. We're going away, someplace, forever. We're not coming back, ever. No one comes back. It's for good, for keeps. Tell it to your congressman. Or maybe you want to pull a sick act, too. It isn't an act, damn you! All right, break it up. Come on, break it up! I wish I saw that ten million dollars already. If I ever get to see it. They drove for hours through the fresh country air, feeling the wind against their faces, listening to the roar their ground jet made, all alone on the Rimrock Highway. Where are we going, Kit? Search me. Just driving. I'm glad they let you come out this once. I don't know what they would have done to me if they didn't. I had to see you this once. I... Temple smiled. He had absented himself without leave. It had been difficult enough, and he might yet be in a lot of hot water. But it would be senseless to worry Stephanie. It's just a few hours, he said. Hours. When we want a whole lifetime. Kit, oh Kit, why don't we run away? Just the two of us. Some place where they'll never find you. I could be packed and ready and... Don't talk like that. We can't. You want to go where they're sending you. You want to go. For God's sake, how can you talk like that? I don't want to go any place except with you. But we can't run away, Steffi. I've got to face it, whatever it is. No, you don't. It's noble to be patriotic, sure. It always was. But this is different, Kit. They don't ask you for a part of your life. Not for two years or three. Or a gamble because maybe you won't ever come back. They ask for all of you. For the rest of your life. Forever. They don't even tell you why. Kit, don't go. We'll hide someplace and get married and... And nothing. Temple stopped the ground jet. Climbed out. Opened the door for Stephanie. Don't you see? There's no place to hide. Wherever you go, they'd look. You wouldn't want to spend the rest of your life running, Steffi. Not with me or anyone else. I would. I would. Know what would happen after a few years? We'd hate each other. You'd look at me and say, I wouldn't be hiding like this except for you. I'm young and... Kit, that's cruel. I would not. Yes, you would. Steffi, I... A lump rose in his throat. He'd tell her goodbye. Permanently. He had to do it that way, did not want her to wait endlessly and hopelessly for a return that would not materialize. I didn't get permission to leave, Steffi. He hadn't meant to tell her that, but suddenly it seemed an easy way to break into goodbye. What do you mean? No, you didn't. I had to see you. What can they do, send me for longer than forever? Then you do want to run away with me. Steffi, no. When I leave you tonight, Steffi, it's for good. That's it. The last of Kit Temple. Stop thinking about me. I don't exist. I never was. It sounded ridiculous, even to him. Kit, I love you. I love you. How can I forget you? It's happened before. It will happen again. That hurt, too. 
He was talking about a couple of statistics, not about himself and Stephanie. We're different, Kit. I'll love you forever. And, Kit, I know you'll come back to me. I'll wait, Kit. We're different. You'll come back. How many people do you think said that before? You don't want to come back, even if you could. You're not thinking of us at all. You're thinking of your brother. You know that isn't true. Sometimes I wonder about Jace, sure. But if I thought there was a chance to return... I'm a selfish cuss, Steffi. If I thought there was a chance, you'd know I'd want you all for myself. I'd brand you and that's the truth. You do love me. I loved you, Steffi. Kit Temple loved you. Loved? Loved. Past tense. When I leave tonight, it's as if I don't exist anymore. As if I never existed. It's got to be that way, Steffi. In thirty years, no one ever returned. Including your brother Jace. So now you want to find him. What do I count for? What? This wasn't my idea. I wanted to stay with you. I wanted to marry you. I can't now. None of it. Forget me, Steffi. Forget you ever knew me. Jace said that to our folks before he was taken. Almost five years before, Jason Temple had been selected for the Nowhere Journey. He'd been young, though older than his brother Kit. Young, unattached, almost cheerful he was. Naturally, they never saw him again. Hold me, Kit. I'm sorry. Carrying on like this. They had walked some distance from the ground jet through the scrub oak and bramble bushes. They found a clearing, fragrant-scented, soft-floored still from last autumn, melodic with the chirping of nameless birds. They sat, not talking. Stephanie wore a gray summer dress, full-skirted, cut deep beneath the throat. She swayed toward him from the waist, nestled her head on his shoulder. He could smell the soft, sweet fragrance of her hair, of the skin at the nape of her neck. If you want to say goodbye, she said. Stop it, he told her. If you want to say goodbye. Her head rolled against his chest. She turned, cradled herself in his arms, smiled up at him, squirmed some more, and had her head pillowed on his lap. She smiled tremendously, misty-eyed. Her lips parted. He bent and kissed her, knowing it was all wrong. This was not goodbye, not the way he wanted it. Quickly, definitely, for once and all. With a tear, perhaps a lot of tears. But permanent goodbye. This was all wrong. The whole idea was to be businesslike, objective. It had to be done that way or no way at all. Briefly, he regretted leaving the encampment. This wasn't goodbye the way he wanted it, the way it had to be. This was Afidazayan, and then he forgot everything but Stephanie. I am Alaric Arkalian III, said the extremely young-looking man with the old, wise eyes. How incongruous, Temple thought. The eyes look almost middle-age, the rest of him a boy. Something tells me we'll be seeing a lot of each other. Arcalian went on. The voice was that of an older man, too, belying the youthful complexion, the almost childish features, the soft fuzz of a beard. I'm Kit Temple, said Temple, extending his hand. Arcalian, a strange name. I know it from somewhere. Say, aren't you... do you have something to do with carpets or something? Here and now? No. I am a number. A926417. But my father is... Perhaps I had better say was. My father is Alaric Arcalian II. Yes, that is right, the carpet king. I'll be darned, said Temple. 
Why? Well, Temple laughed, I never met a billionaire before. Here I am not a billionaire, nor will I ever be one again. A926417, a number, on his way to Mars with a bunch of other numbers. Mars? You sound sure of yourself. Reasonably. Ah, it is a pleasure to talk with a gentleman. I am reasonably certain it will be Mars. Temple nodded in agreement. That's what the Sunday supplements say, all right. And doubtless you have observed no one denies it. But what on earth do we want on Mars? That in itself is a contradiction, laughed Arcalion. We'll find out, though, Temple. They had reached the head of the line, found themselves entering a huge double-decker jet transport. They found two seats together, followed the instructions printed at the head of the aisle by strapping themselves in and not smoking. Talking all around them was subdued. Contrariness has given way to fear, Arcalion observed. You should have seen them the last few days, waiting around the induction center, a two-ton chip on each shoulder. Say, where were you? I... what do you mean? I didn't see you until last evening. Suddenly you were here. Did anyone else miss me? But I remember you the first day. Did anyone else miss me? Any of the officials? No, not that I know of. Then I was here, Temple said very seriously. Arcalian smiled. By George, of course. Then you were here. Temple, we'll get along fine. Temple said that was swell. Anyway, we'd better. Forever is a long time. Three minutes later, the jet took off and soared on eager wings toward the setting sun. Men, since we are leaving here in a few hours, and since there is no way to get out of the encampment, and no place to go over the desert, even if you could... The microphone in the great empty hall boomed as the two files of men marched in. There is no harm in telling you where you are. From this point, in a limited sense, you shall be kept abreast of your progress. We are in White Sands, New Mexico. Garden spot of the universe, someone shouted derisively, remembering the bleak hot desert and jagged mountain peaks as they came down. White Sands, muttered Arcalion. It looks like space travel now, doesn't it, Kit? Temple shrugged. Why? White Sands was the center of the experiments in rocketry decades ago, when people still talked about those things. Then, for a long time, no one heard anything about White Sands. The rockets grew here, Kit. I can readily see why. You could look all your life without finding a barren spot like this. Precisely. Someone once called this place, or was it some other place like it? Someone once called it a good place to throw old razor blades, if people still used razor blades. The microphone blared again, after the several hundred men had entered the great hall and milled about among the echoes. Temple could picture other halls like this, other briefings. Men, whenever you are given instructions in here or elsewhere, obey them instantly. Our job is a big one, complicated and exacting. Attention to detail will save us trouble. Someone said, My old man served on a hitch in the army back in the 60s. That's what he always said, attention to details. The army is crazy about things like that. Are we in the army or something? This is not the army, but the function is similar, barked the microphone. Do as you are told, and you will get along. Stirrings in the crowd. Mutterings. Temple gaped. Microphone, yes, but receivers also. Placed strategically, all around the hall, to pick up sound. Telio receivers, too, perhaps. It made him feel something like a goldfish. 
Apparently, someone liked the idea of the two-way microphones. I got a question. When are we coming back? Laughter. Hooting. Cat calls. Blared the microphone. There is a rotation system in operation, men. When it is feasible, men will be rotated. Yeah? In 30 years, it ain't been, what's it, feasible once. That, unfortunately, is correct. When the situation permits, we will rotate you home. From where? Where are we going? At least tell us that. Where? How about that? There was a pause. Then the microphone barked. I don't know the answer to that question. You won't believe me, but it is the truth. No one knows where you are going. No one, except the people who are already there. More cat calls. That doesn't make sense, Arcalion whispered. If it's space travel, the pilots would know, wouldn't they? Automatic? Temple suggested. I doubt it. Space travel must still be new, even if it has thirty years under its belt. If that man speaks the truth, if no one knows. Just where in the universe are we going? End of chapter 2